G'day everyone. Welcome to the Unbox Your Give podcast. I'm your host, Rita Join a real lively, warm welcome to you from wherever you're listening in this world. I wanted to speak on career advice for students. Uh, one of the things that I've come across and I've learned from watching parents, watching my own uh, well, reflecting on my own upbringing, is the career advice that we subtly give to students or to young people. Now, when I say students, I'm using that very loosely in that I do mean primary school, high school, university, college students, but I also mean you and I being the student of life. Like we are students of life. We are constantly learning and therefore our, what our passion is what we choose to do in the world will change as a result of us changing. And so this advice is specifically for students, but I don't want you to discard that and not put yourself in the shoes of a student as well, because we're all students of something. You know, we all might, might teach something, but we are a student of someone else's, right? So the best career advice that I could honestly give to anybody, to a student specifically, and for a parent talking to their son, daughter, niece, nephew, neighbor, whoever it is, is to observe someone. The best advice is observance. Here's what I mean. I was having a coffee with a friend um, and she was telling me that her daughter who is in year nine wants or wants to, um, doesn't know what she wants to do when she finishes school. But when she was her age, my friend, she knew exactly what she wanted to do. She wanted to go out and she wanted to be an accountant. She knew that from a very young age. She wanted to be an accountant. I know, how hilarious is that? But she had a passion for accounting, of all things. She said at school, uh, they had a careers day and they had to dress up as who they want, what they wanted to be when they grew up. And she had a briefcase and she had a suit on and she knew from a very young age that she wanted to be an accountant. How hilarious is that? I mean, no offense for an accountant. I just find of all things, people, you kids usually want to be like a, I don't know, a musician or a star or an athlete, but an accountant, I have never come across. And so she was getting a little bit like, well, my her daughter who's in year nine, like she doesn't know what she wants to do. And I'm like, you know, start thinking about what interests you and blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, what do you think, like when you watch her, what does she gravitate towards? Like what does she want to do in her time when there's no pressure of homework, there's no pressure of school, there's no pressure of I need to do X or Y. Like what does she do in her spare time? She says, well, when she comes home from school, she goes into the kitchen and she bakes. I said, she cooks. She goes, yeah. I said, so that's something, like that's, some, that's an interest she goes, yeah, but, you know, like she's an accountant, so she works for herself. And I've got some clients who are chefs and, you know, they work such crazy long hours, you know. I just don't want her to be a chef. And I'm like, okay, so that's what the problem is. It's, the problem is not that she doesn't know what she wants to do. Not when I, and I don't mean when she finishes school, but she has an interest, but you're just not okay with that interest. That's what the problem is, not the problem that she doesn't know what she wants to do. She's like, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, maybe. Okay. You know, but, they said, but that's, that's the problem. That's the problem when we put our own biases onto what we want someone else to do. Like it happens all the time and we do it unknowingly with the best of intentions. And my friend means no bad intention. It's just she's trying to look out for her daughter. 
But her daughter's displaying a gravitation towards a, a skill that is just like, it comes naturally to her. She, she naturally goes into the kitchen. She wants to make the family a meal. She wants to open up the recipe book and try. I mean, that's a dream for some other parents. But to my friend here is like, I don't want to be doing that. So I said to her, look, there's two things that's going to come from this. Either she's going to develop a real love for cooking. Either that's going to come from this. Or secondly, this is going to be the stepping stone for her to find her other passion, her next level passion, whatever that passion may be. Because we all evolve. As we evolve as humans, like who you are today is a very different person to who you are five years ago. And so as we change, so too does our passion. And so this is the stepping stone that maybe if this is not the thing for her, she'll find it through this. But you've got to nurture this interest for now. It's like, you know, we, we, all, we, we all develop incrementally. A baby doesn't learn to run until it starts to walk, until it starts to crawl, until it starts to roll on its tummy, you know, when it's lying on its back flat on the ground. You know, it's all incremental. And it's the same with your passion. It's incremental changes that allow you to taste one thing and then you, you have a taste of that passion and then it's either that thing or you pursue it further or you go to the next thing. And life has seasons. You know, what passion worked for you at a certain season in your life before you had children? Because uh, I said to her, you were working for someone. And then once you had children, the season changed. You wanted to be your own business owner because it allowed you to be still be an accountant but work around your family. And that season has come for you to be, you know, an entrepreneur and working for yourself. And she goes, yeah, or a business owner. She goes, yeah, so everything has a season and everything has a time, but you've just got to allow that season to, to come and go. You can't just halt it. If you stop summer or you stop winter in the middle of it, you know, spring will then, you know, have the effects of spring not being spring and then autumn not being autumn because the full effects of winter didn't take place. We need the rain. We need the moisture. We need the humidity in summer. We need the dryness in summer. All those things we need so that the next season can, can reap its full fruits. And it's the same with passion. It's the same thing with passion. You have to go full cycle into that passion so that you can get to that next cycle, that next chapter, that next evolution, the next change. So that's what I said to her, right? And so she's like, oh, right, I've got to, you know, so the, and to look at, to really look at that the problem was not with her daughter not having an interest. It's just the parent wasn't okay with that interest. I mean, let's face it, there could be a lot worse things that there could be an interest in. It just, you know, in terms of what she wants her daughter to do. Now, the other thing that I want to make mention about career advice and to students specifically is when your son or daughter comes with a report card and they have an A for, English, an a for geography or an A for history and they might get a C for English or a D, C, B for math and you might look at that report card and might think you know what you're doing well in history and geography but I think you need more help in maths and English because obviously your marks are lower so let me go get you a tutor let me go get you some extra help let me get you some extra books let me go get, do some more exercises there's nothing wrong with doing that but what you need to watch out for is are you telling your child that the natural inclination that they have towards history and geography, that's great, but we now need to get focus and get extra help on English and maths because that's what's important. So let's leave what maths, uh, let's leave history and geography and now let's work on English and maths. 
like I said, there's nothing nothing bad about getting a tutor for maths and English if that's what they're struggling with and that's what they want. But what about also nurturing that English and history love, if there is a love for that? Like, why are you getting such great marks for history? Like, what is it that you enjoy about it? So if you enjoy it so much, let's go for um, to a museum next week. Let's go and get these books from the library on history. Let's go read about ancient Egypt. Let's look about what Rome did back in the day. You know what I like? Let's dive deeper into that, that love that you already have because if we develop that, that's going to bring more of you out. You are going to shine because you're in, that child is going to shine because you're nurturing their gift. And the best thing that you can do as a parent, as a caregiver, as an aunt, as an uncle, if, even if you don't have kids, but you have people that are around you and who look up to you or you have an influence over people or students is to, if you can execute on your passion and work on that thing and have that light you up, that's the best way to allow someone else to light it, to stand in their own light and brilliance. Did you know what I mean? That you give permission for someone else to stand in their own brilliance when you get the courage and the audacity to do it for yourself. Because the best advice is the advice of example, being an example, right? That's the best of advice. And so if you can do that for yourself, it just allows that. Now, for my friend, for instance, she allowed herself to go into being an accountant, but she's got a problem. She got a problem with her daughter wanting to become a chef. And the poor kid doesn't want to be a chef. She just wants to cook. It's just that's, you know, but my friend's saying, you're like, oh my God, I don't want her to graduate and then be a chef and then walk all those crazy hours because all those chefs that she knows has a client who are her clients, they, they smoke and they complain, you know, like that's what she's comparing it towards. And I said, look, there's two things that's going to happen. And even if she does decide to be a chef, don't you just want her to be happy? I mean, isn't that the real currency of life is just to be happy? I mean, that's why we strive for the degree, for the house, for the trips overseas, for the car, for um, getting a nomination, getting an award, uh, you know, getting promoted to executive or manager. Or, isn't that why? Because we're just wanting that happiness. And so if she just finds that happiness by just cooking, I mean, isn't, you just scored. You just scored a goal, a major goal as a parent. Because you just found the key to your child's happiness. You just, and it's all good. Like it's not illegal. It's not a bad thing. You just have to just nurture that. And she's like, yeah, no. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but you need to watch out for yourself when you're giving career advice. Are you in the way of that advice? Like, are you trying to steer someone towards something else and not allowing that person to really develop and bloom and blossom and develop their own brilliance on their own? but it just doesn't sound right to you. No, so you need to watch that. And secondly, when someone does come to you, really dive deeper into that passion, work it out, because the world needs better historians. The world needs great geographers, as much as it needs mathematicians and those who excel in English. You know, the world needs one of every single person. It's interesting. I read a book by a lady um, who wrote a book called Icebound. And I forget the author's name, but it was Icebound. And it was about a lady who was a medical doctor. And she went to the Antarctica, she went to Antarctica on an experiment. So she went with a team of people to carry out some experiments for, I believe it was the US government. Don't quote me on that. But it was like, it was a huge, um, huge project. 
And there was one of each person on this project. So she was the only medical doctor who was looking after any, everyone that were on assignment on this trip. There was a carpenter, there was an electrician that went on the project with them. There was one of pretty much of a few professions. While she was in Antarctica, she self-diagnosed herself with cancer. And she obviously contacted the base back in the United States. And the weather was so bad in Antarctica that they could not, they just could not get a chopper or any aircraft into the air, the air above um, Antarctica. Like they couldn't get, because it was just so windy. It was just so, it was snowing so badly that there was a blizzard. Like they just couldn't get an aircraft into the airspace to be able to then land it in Antarctica to put her in the actual um, aircraft, take her back home and get her the treatment that she needed. So because that took place, she had no other alternative but to not only self-diagnose herself, but to perform the surgery to take out the, the cancerous tumour that was in her body. And now she can't perform. She's the only doctor. She can't do this on her own. She can't do this on herself. So she recruited the carpenter. She recruited the electrician. And she recruited a few more people. And she got each person who were whose craft kind of mirrored the work that needed to be done in the surgery. So what does that mean? She got the carpenter, because the carpenter can work with their hands. They can work with how to lay a carpet, how to, and I don't know why they would need that in Antarctica, but they were, that person was needed. So she got this person to work with their hands and to the, do the delicate parts of the operation, of the surgery. She got the electrician who can work with light and how our electricity works. She just got people who knew their craft, who excelled at their craft and got them to do certain parts of the surgery to help her through this. And the surgery was a success. And basically, and it's a great book, Icebound, Oprah did an interview with her. And this is what I got from that. Every single one of us, we all have a gift and that gift is needed somehow, somewhere. All of us have a gift. And if, a, like, if people think of a carpenter, they think, well, you know, I don't want my kid to be a carpenter. That carpenter happens to be one of the best carpenters because he loves what he does. And not only that, he saved another woman's life with his skill of carp being a carpenter. Because through that skill, he was able to understand the placement of a carpet, how to, how to play. You know, like, I don't know the, I don't know. I wasn't at the surgery, but she chose him to do a certain task in that surgery because she knew he had the gift, the craft of craft uh, of carpentry to be able to translate that into a surgery. Now that's not ideal. You don't want a carpenter to performing surgery on you, but in those circumstances she could. And what I took away from that and what she said in her interview with Oprah was every single one, whether you're an electrician, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a carpenter, whatever you are, your gift, your craft is needed in the world because every, we all need an electrician. Not everybody can be an electrician, but we do need them. Not everyone can be a doctor, but we need them. Not everyone can be a carpenter, but we need them. We need the craftsmanship of every single expertise because that's what allows the world to, to evolve. And if we start saying, no, you shouldn't do that and you can't be a carpenter and you shouldn't be an electrician or you shouldn't be a doctor, if we start to do that, then we're taking away, we're stripping away of people's, you know, natural gravitation towards what they're good at. And when you start doing that, you start to bury that thing that you were very good at. 
because a lot of people say, I don't know what my passion is. You, we all know what our passion is. The only difference is some of us have buried it deeper than others for whatever reason. We've only just kind of buried it deeper than others. And what's interesting is, you know, when you eat food, you know what you enjoy. You know if you like a donut or if you like a cake. You know if you like chips or if you like pretzels. You know if you like a sandwich or if you, if you like a nice curry. You know what you like. And so you'll eat what you like because you've had something before. You know you didn't like it, so you're not going to go do that, have that thing again, eat that thing again. It's the same with your passion. That's how you'll know. You taste more things. But maybe you never tasted what you were good at. But you do know what it is if you just give yourself a, a chance to try it. Maybe you never, um, you knew what you were good at, but it wasn't practical at the time. Would it ever be practical? Has anyone ever in the history of the world had a passion that you have and made something from it? Then the possibility exists for you too. The, the point is that your passion, you know what it is. Sometimes you need a nudge, which is why I created the passion process. Go do it. It's for free. Unboxyourgift.com. <laughs> Go and do it. Sometimes you need a nudge and that will steer you in the right direction so you know how to dig up your passion. Sometimes it's just been buried for so long that you just, just like knowing what, what you like, what you don't like to eat, the passion is the same. You'll know what you like and what you don't like. Because it just comes naturally to you. The taste of something that you like is just natural to you. You either like it or you don't. And it's the same with your passion. You're either going to like it or you don't, but some of us don't even know because we've not allowed ourselves to go in that path because it wasn't practical. We didn't get the marks. We weren't going to get appreciation. There wasn't a title or the status attached to that thing that we enjoyed. And that's really what it is, guys. That's honest to God what the truth of it. So career advice that you would give to anyone, observe them. Really and truly observe anyone. Observe yourself. The key to knowing what your passion is is knowing what you like and what you don't like, just like eating food. And if that's still like, I don't know, then you need to just build up self-awareness of yourself. And how do you do that? Observe yourself. Watch yourself. Watch how you react. Watch how you respond. Watch how you do things. Watch what you gravitate towards. What do you spend your time? What do you read? What do you watch? What do you comment on? What lights you up? What lights a fire in your belly? What keeps you going up? What really, all of that are indicators. All of that are indicators, and the best indicator is what you did as a kid. I did, I, yeah, I believe I did a full episode on that podcast a few episodes ago. Like, what did you enjoy doing as a kid is a big, tall tale sign of what you gravitate to as an adult. Because when you were a kid, when I was a kid, we kind of did stuff that we were happy, even though if it was maybe, you know, a few hours or a few moments of an afternoon doing it. We did activities that we enjoyed, not because there was money, not because there was a status, not because there was a title, not because anything. We just did stuff because we enjoyed it. And if you can unravel, rewind the tape in your head, not to go into what was bad about your childhood, just to go into what did you enjoy doing and why, you will find you'll start digging up that thing that you enjoy to do and find you have a natural taste towards something. So that's how another way that you can observe yourself is to go back. So I wanted to share that with you guys because I think that's so important that students are now graduating from school or university or that if you're graduating from a current job and going to another job, if you're graduating from staying at home to now going into the world, uh, and I mean that very loosely, going to the world in terms of in the marketplace, 
if you're graduating from one business idea to another, if you're graduating from one career to another, wherever you are, we're all graduating in some part of our life. Whatever you're graduating from, take the notion of observing yourself constantly, learning from yourself constantly, because when you can do that, you can, you can give that gift to someone else. And then if you can observe yourself, then you can watch someone else who needs to find out their direction. And by just watching them, you can give them that advice of what they're good at by simply telling them, this is what I see about you. This is what I'm seeing. And not because I'm trying to mold you into a certain direction, but this is what's coming out naturally in you. And that way is the best advice. Wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing, I believe that passion is something that if we each, every individual, this is why I truly believe in, if we ignite our passion, you get to be where you need to be in the world. If your love is to strategize and project manage, and that's what you love to do, that's your passion in life, and you line that up with a value that you have, the values of whatever you believe in, health, wealth, security, then you can actually take that passion for project management, for strategizing, and if you're, one of your values is health, and work with kids who are struggling with weight, who work with adults who are struggling with getting rid of diabetes. Now, you can take that skill set and marry it with a value, and that's where the key is. That's where the fulfillment comes from. But I believe that when we all execute on our passion, we get to deploy the gift that we have in the right space. So we're not trying to use our energy um, as a project manager, if you believe you're a project manager, or if you believe that you're a calligrapher, or if you believe you're a videographer, and you're not trying to become a financial person, like a finance person, or a chiropractor, or a physiotherapist, you're not deploying your skill in the wrong field. That's what I'm trying to say here. When you can deploy your skill set, your passion in the right field, you light up. When you light up, that electricity lights up the people, the places, the things around you. When we light up, collectively, we are electrified. We are, we, we are energized as a community, as a globe. We are energized. And when we're energized, we work and we can work from that place of energy and not deprivation, and not delusion, and not darkness, when we can work from a place of energy, of what energizes us, because we come from a place of passion, then we are just allowing each and every one of us, there's no scarcity then. Like there's no scarcity. There's very few people who are going to say, oh, I don't have that, or this is not good enough, or I'm not enough, or I'm not feeling good. There's none of that mental stuckness that we all simply have, simply by deploying your God-given gift where it's meant to be. Really, that's what it comes down for. That's really what it is. And that's my goal. That's my aim. That's what I want to spread with every podcast, with every video, with every article, with every talk that I do, is that when we can work from a place of energy, and that comes from working from your passion, we are energized. The electricity that comes from that energy is what lights up our, uh, us first, then our family. Then that electricity translates into when we pray. We pray with so much more fervor and love and devotion. Then when we go out and work, we work from such a place of love and devotion and care. And when we go out and interact with our kids and with our spouses and with our community and when we volunteer, it comes with so much love, 
you know, that's obviously it's not like that all the time because we are humans and we are going to feel times of when we go down. But majority of the time, we're going to be feeling up more so than the majority of the time feeling down. And that's how we evolve as one energy takes it. And when you're energetic and I'm energetic and we operate from a place of energy, electricity happens. And when we operate from that place, we're just exuding energy. And everyone around us works from that place of high rhythm, high potential, high energy, high thought, high intellectual stimulus, you know, it's just everything on the planet changes, and it, but that's when we all work from that. And the way that we can change it as a collective is if I work from that, if you work from that, if we all just take responsibility of our own energy, if we all take responsibility of our own energy, that electricity is possible where you work, within your family, within your extended family, within your community, if everyone takes responsibility, not saying, well, you're not taking it, you just worry about it yourself. There's one thing beautiful that um, I say on my wall that is in front of me here is don't concern, leave what doesn't concern you. That's what it says on my wall in front of me. Leave what doesn't concern you, whether it's in my work, whether it's in my personal life, whether it's in my profession, whether it's at, at, on the street, whether it's anywhere. It's really leave what doesn't concern you. And when you can leave what doesn't concern you, there's a lot of wisdom and depth to that. You focus on your own energy. You focus on yourself. There's less judgment. There's less snickering. There's less gossiping. There's less envy. There's less jealousy. There's less like being conversation of worth, self-worth or lack of self-worth happening. Because when you leave what doesn't concern you, you don't, there's no space. Like your, your mind isn't fulfilled with the, the thoughts of envy or jealousy, or I don't have that, or how can they have this, or I don't still have, you know what I mean? Leave what doesn't concern you. When you leave what doesn't concern you, your passion becomes more evident. Your energy becomes more evident. And when that takes place, when that takes place, that's when we can unbox our gift on a consistent basis, when we leave what doesn't concern us. Wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing today, I want you to start by leaving what doesn't concern you, whether it's to do with your sister-in-law, whether it's to do with your brother-in-law, whether it's to do with your colleague, whether it's to do with your niece or nephew, whether it's to do with your neighbour, whether it's to do with your community organiser, whether it's to do with your boss, whether it's to do, if it doesn't concern you, you leave it. That now creates the space for you to give time for you and observe yourself constantly and learn from yourself i am a student of this every single day this is advice to me and advice to you because i'm learning from this every single day when we leave what doesn't concerns us that opens up the ocean of space that we need to focus on what drives us what lights us up so we create the electricity that we need to make on our time on earth so that we can deploy our god-given gift where it's needed most. And that's how we feel the level of fulfillment. I hope this has been of benefit to you. If, you ha- if it has, please make sure you leave a review on the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast because it's for you that I create these episodes. It's for you that I want to be able to energize and it's for you that I want to be help enable unbox your gift. 
And collectively, that's how we rise. And so if this has been, a, please make sure you share it with someone. If you feel like this could actually help someone, if you need someone to help have them take responsibility for their energy, share this podcast if it's hard to have the conversation. Share this podcast with them and have them really listen in and tune in to themselves. Um, wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing, I hope to hear from you. If you've got a question, I'd love to hear what it is. I'd love to... Uh, really dive deep into that question on this podcast and to have your question answered here and now. Life is a gift. Unbox it.